welcome to your daily game face. I'm Dr. Kimberly Lannon, or people like to call me Dr. Kim, and uh, I'm here. Dr. Glow. <laughs> <laughs> well, for those of you who are just tuning in, prior to going on air this morning, yeah. Lou, who you just heard from, um, I'm glowing today. Yes. My skin is glowing. You're on a new skincare regime. And I have a new skincare product. And I came in this morning and I was in the bathroom in the prison cell. Yeah. And I said to Lou, Lou, do I look... Not in the bathroom. You no. came back to the studio. <laughs> right. I came, said... Yes. Let's, I, I missed that step. I came back into the studio and I yeah. said, do I look shiny <laughs> today? And you said no. No. And I said, well, I feel shiny and then I said, I feel glowing. And so, hence, yes. glow. Because the new product on my face makes me think I look like I'm glowing. Not like red glowing, like Rudolph, but like shiny. So, nonetheless, I'm <clears throat> using hyaluronic acid okay. product yeah. for aging. <laughs> <laughs> so, I need to look glowing. As so. you can tell, I know next to nothing about skincare. Yes, I know. Yeah. <laughs> So, and then we were also on the topic of negativity. <laughs> you brought us to the topic of negativity. Yes, I brought us to the topic of negativity. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so anyway, so... You projected on me. Oh, good Lord. It's going to be through <laughs> the therapy hour of Lou. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this week is... is the, we're getting close to the end of this hellacious year. Yeah. And <clears throat> now I'm losing my voice. Hear this? Yep. Oh, my God. Um, I hesitate to get in this mindset, though. Like, what, that like, hellacious like, year? I'm only saying that because that's what everyone's calling it. I actually haven't felt like that. No, quote-unquote, getting to the end of it. Because we have this... We, Calendar year. Yeah, we think the turning of the page from December 31st to January 1st is going to change things. No, I don't think it changes that. changes nothing. And that's why I actually don't think that, which is part of the topic today, yeah. is that... Um, as much so, the calendar year is ending, close. You know, I'm just the, upset that I what I didn't ascend at the, uh, the great conjunction, conjunction, great conjunction. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was supposed to ascend to a fifth dimension there. Yeah. Well, it you didn't you, happen. You didn't. No. <laughs> so going back to the calendar year. Yes, so so the calendar yep. year. So people do this all the time, whether it's the pandemic or not. But the fact that we're here, we are a day before, two days before Christmas, and then we have, of course, New Year's next week. People hype up the next two weeks or the week and a half to this thing yeah. about its ending and starting new and all these things. And and I tend not to have that mindset in general because it causes havoc. Mm -hmm. But also just looking forward that if people get in the mindset of something ending and something starting, it's like dieting. <laughs> it's, yeah. So it has that same... Um, the failure quality to it and that's why i don't do new year's resolutions i don't call them that i make you know i have people make plans like they would if it's june it's more about like here's an, a way to start maybe a new plan or a new lifestyle because what happens is when you get into this mindset of the next week and it starts to ramp up and you get all excited and you're gonna start on saturday or friday next yeah. week then it starts this thing and by the end of the month predictably and statistically psychologically plans that go into place are typically fails that's why the gym memberships go up right huge right yep and then by the time you get to february 1st you're up at almost 100 percent attendance and by the time you're february 1st i think it drops to 70 something percent and by march you're down to back to the normal like 30 40 percent of people that go yeah, january so, is a mess in the gyms it's exactly, an absolute mess exactly yeah. which now won't be actually because yeah. as of saturday here in massachusetts we go to 25 percent capacity mm -hmm. and as i've told you my gym is already like so light that it feels like i have the gym to myself yep. um um, so, so I'm not sure if that's going to change this year. I would imagine it's it going to be, yeah. you know, you know, much lighter. But here's the mindset: is that going forward, it's really about making, not waiting to the first to make the plan, or that that's going to be your start day. It's more about just rolling into um, the next calendar year with maybe a different mindset, or bringing forward what you've been working on to keep going with it, so that it's not. Uh, it doesn't have a, a, a start stop to it. And the, the thing with that start stop is that people get, it's, yeah. it sets you up for failure mindset. And so then you don't have these things. So the way I framed it, and I just put this out in my newsletter yesterday, if you'd like to subscribe, by the way, <laughs> go to my website mm -hmm. and you can subscribe to my newsletter. But my, I was talking about 365 n new days. Yep. 
and having 365 new choices. So every single day is a choice. And so I'm thinking that we are going to go forward this next year in, in my podcast talking about making choices and that every day is a new choice. Yes. And, and I had this conversation this week with a client about choices are hard, right? So, but here's the thing is all, you know, people say life is hard, choices are hard, but all choices are hard, whether it's a choice to, it's, if it's a choice to, to drink alcohol, that's a hard choice if you're an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. It's a hard choice if you choose not to drink alcohol. Right. Both are hard choices. Which one is the least hard, right? So it's about, here's, a, here's an opportunity to look at every single day as a new choice and chance to make a new choice and continue to make the choices that you've been making to stack them up and accumulate them as opposed to the mindset that people get in that long extended period of, right. of setting, up, setting up for failure. Right. Oh, and that's, uh, I can't tell you how many times I have to repeat to people in my office, you know, last week and this week, and I'm sure into next week saying like, let's change the mindset on that. Let's not get set up for failure. Let's not go, okay, in the next month, because it's the new year, I'm going to do this because the pandemic's in the way. Things aren't the same as usual. Um, you've got restrictions on socialize. I mean, you just yeah. are not able to make it happen the same way. I'm getting ready to sneeze. Do you see that? Isn't, isn't the uh, resolution mindset, the new year mindset, the turning the calendar mindset, isn't that, it's externalizing control again. Yes, it, right. It's just basically, if you... It's giving it away. It's you disempowering get, yourself to give yeah. it to something else. If you need to get to the gym, you don't wait till January. You get to the gym tonight or you get to the gym tomorrow. Or But people get into the procrastination mindset, which is the, you know, it's which comes first, the chicken or the egg. Yeah. It's like, does the procrastination create the mindset to actually wait or does the waiting create the procrastination mindset so yeah so and i think that they just go hand in hand and it just depends on the person's temperament but it's it's that it's that mindset of hurry up and wait and i'm not going to do it tonight and that's my answer like what you just said to people is like well why wouldn't you go tonight why would we wait till next friday right why wouldn't we go tonight and there's always Yes, but the yes, but syndrome comes because into we that. need the calendar. It's external. They're not right. taking personal responsibility <laughs> for the decision. Right, and there's something to be said for and not being negative. There's something to be said for people who buy those really great year scheduler planners with goals and all those things. And when you look at those, they're actually really great because they don't foster the mindset of all or nothing. What they do is they do exactly what I'm saying in bits and pieces. They break it down day by day by day. So yeah. you're making choices on a daily basis. If you look at those fantastically well-planned out books that say, here's your goal, do your daily, do your weekly, do your monthly. What's your end goal by six months? Like it's all planned right. out, but you're always monitoring it. So exactly what you would do in your head cognitive behaviorally without the book. And it's just not about putting something out there. I'm going to go to the gym every day for the whole month of January. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> and then when you first, and when you make a first miss day, then it starts the pattern of, Oh, I missed a day. Yep. Tomorrow's easier to miss. Yep. I'll just go tomorrow. Now you've now you've accumulated three. It's amazing. You know, I, even with training for the marathon, I'll wait. Remember I was like, I felt like I trained 7,000 years. So, right. And then as soon as I did the marathon this year, in September, I kept running, and then I took a day here, a day there, and oh, it was very fast. Before I, I was looking at my logbook, and three days had gone by, and I'm like, oh, yep. And how quickly that comes, and you know, it's a hard, it's hard to stop, and then to put it back in. That's such a hard thing. So, even with a couple days in a row to get ramped back up, I'm like, oh. But After all that speed going forward. But to, to your theme, setting your, saying that you're going to go to the gym every day in January, set yourself, self right. yourself up for failure. The exactly. thing should be, I'm going to go to the gym and then go. Right. And then I'm going to go to the gym and then, and then go. go. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And, or, or I'm going to walk up and down the stairs 10 times. Yeah. Someday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, it, I mean, it's good to have little deadlines, but not, not, um, hard fast rules on top of it because if you say you know it's like people that say i'm going to do sober january yeah, yeah. i'm always like that's it's very unusual for people to be able to there's always you know these moments of well it's saturday that yeah. one this one won't count <laughs> 
just like I didn't go to the gym on on the whole week, but I went one day. So it, there's always a reasoning. Right. It's external to what happens, and you you have people that make that right. The listeners are you make your decisions based on that because it's what fits the reasoning to justify your behavior not happening and making it feel okay for yourself. But how does the successful alcoholic decide to stay sober? Well, there's every day, right? So every hour. So there's so there's interesting yeah. thing about um, if we're looking at someone who's not an alcoholic saying that they want to take in uh, you know sober December sober January right yeah so the process and the brain is it, they're all the same but the drive and the genetics and the push to it isn't going to be quite the same but when you have someone who is an actual um, actually in addiction or active and trying not to be or has been in sobriety and trying to stay there. They have to constantly work the cognitive behavioral program of right. the reasoning why I don't drink, the reasoning why if I do, what will happen, um, you know, practicing the standards of AA, knowing that one doesn't have power um, over the alcohol, the, hour ha the alcohol has power over you. I mean, there's, there's really yeah. specific ways that a person who has the addiction gene and disease disorder um, has illness, I'm going through all the words that people will say that it's right. called, um, will have to go through versus a person who doesn't have addiction. Like I don't have addiction right. um, in the in the traditional sense, except to like running and, you know. Right. But you have the mindset of like, I can do this because it's, I'm just going to put it down. And it's easier to sure. have it like that. Oh, I wasn't minimizing. Oh, no, I was no, just no. talking about the thought process. Oh, no, uh, and don't be negative. <laughs> and it's about the resolutions usually center around weight loss. Yes. And when you start on January 1st and say, I'm going to lose 20 pounds, that's a tough, that's mm -hmm. just a tough nut to crack. Well, because you don't start on just quantif quantifying yeah. things on it. You've got a date, an amount, time frame. Yeah. And that's difficult to do. Why, why do it that way? Say, I'm going to go to the gym today. I'm going to burn 500 extra calories. And then it's just like... Because people don't think like that. They don't know enough. Usually, in generalizing, people don't know enough about calorie burn or yeah. exercise or how it works. They just know to exercise and then they can lose weight. They don't know to set a goal like that unless they have someone like me or someone that has done it before to say, yeah. you know, when someone says to me, I'm going to lose 20 pounds in a month, unless you're 500 pounds, yeah. to lose 20 pounds in a month off a of body frame... That only needs to lose maybe forty yeah. is almost impossible unless you starve yourself. So I point that out, educate, and then say, "How about we just try to do like a pound a week?" Yeah. <laughs> but in their mind, it's twenty pounds, and that only adds up to four, you know. And and then I say, "Well, but four pounds really at the end of the month might actually be eight, if you're just yeah. you know." So, but we because you build momentum, you build habits, right. you build awareness, right? And. and but people like to set big goals, and then, and I, and I say, you're setting yourself up to fail because it's too big. Yep. And it's not because you shouldn't have big goals, but that's, a, that's not like I want to go to the Olympics goal. That's a, here's a month from now, and you're counting the days, you're watching it, and you're 10 days in, and you've lost one pound, and you've got 19 to go. The likelihood exactly. is you're going to go in reverse yeah. because of the way your body works, your mind works. You'll work harder. You'll starve. I have a, a client who's eating disorder. I have several clients that have eating disorders. But I have a client that knows intellectually that when they starve themselves and or then binge, that the body is constantly in flux trying to preserve and reserve fat store, sugar right. store, car like all the things. And so they get disappointed when they get on the scale daily because this just happened on Monday oh my gosh, I'm four pounds heavier than I was yesterday. And I didn't eat anything. Right. Why? Because your body went into the storage mode of mm -hmm. preserve, preserve, preserve. So it's retaining your water. It's retaining your salt. You're going to be heavier. Your body, this... body rations. Your body slows down its metabolism. Exactly. It's, yeah. To be able to survive. And although they intellectually know this, it's hard to get, the, it's like the addiction to the feeling, but they want to have the body dysmorphic, yeah. you know, the distortion in the mirror kind of thing. So there's all these pieces and that happens in the same way that we talk about resolution yeah. or goal setting for, I'm going to go to the gym and lose weight this month. So if you're listening and you want to lose weight or you want to set a goal to be physically more fit, do it a day at a time, like sobriety is for people who have an mm -hmm. addiction. Yeah. I'm going to do this a day at a time. 
that's all you can do. Because when you set up that I'm going to go every day or three right. days this week and you miss one, you've set yourself up to fail. So it's you're much easier on yourself. I can say that I know that this works clinically. I also do this personally. This is how I end up going and staying on my regimen every mm -hmm. day. If, and if I miss, I'm never angry or resentful at myself or get upset because I've actively chosen that's where the choice comes in. I've actively right. chosen to say, I went the past three days. I'm good. I'm going to take the day. It's okay. I'll go tomorrow. And I know I'll go because I know that. And I've, cause I've set up the pattern. When you haven't had that pattern and you're in the, I'll just go tomorrow. I'll just go tomorrow. I'll just go tomorrow. But you haven't put it in motion. Yep. You got nothing. So you can't, you can, you can say you're going to make a choice, but the choice won't happen as easily because you don't have the backing to push it forward. Right. First of all, you don't yes. lose weight in the gym. You lose weight in the kitchen. You right. Get, you get fit in the gym. Yeah. And it's funny you mentioned a pound a week because that was my beginning. That was the start because what mm -hmm. I learned, the first thing I learned was a pound is 3,500 calories. Exactly. A 500 calorie deficit a day in a week is a pound. Yes. And that's yes. exactly how you work it. Right. And, and, people and that makes you more aware of what you're taking in. It makes you more aware of what you're burning so you can make choices. And it's not about deprivation no. because you can't sustain deprivation. Exactly. Yeah. And people don't, people don't understand that concept. Yeah. And, and that's such an important point. If you really want to, if your goal, which that's the number one goal of New Year's always for people in this country, is to lose weight. Mm -hmm. If you want to lose weight truly, it's not about just picking up the Atkins diet or going to the gym. It's about understanding yeah. the process of how your body works. And the more educated you are in understanding calories, what they do, how to, the better you have the opportunity and chance to it. Yeah. To, to actually attain that right so you know i was i just put my glasses on because i saw some things pop <laughs> up and good morning to the people that just said good morning um uh, my listener in cabo san lucas mexico nice is that's on. where i'd like to be um i know um so good morning from cabo san lucas mexico and welcome and hi joe and so i just want to acknowledge and happy holidays you guys um both athletes that are watching currently, so Excellent. that's great. Um, but I, but the the more you educate yourself, the better chance you have. That's that's and right. the better chance you have to make a good choice. Because um, you know, because often <coughs> without the education, you make things more difficult on yourself. Exactly. Because you don't you're, you're yeah. going you're you're walking blind into into a situation, or you're assuming here's the externalization again. You're assuming that the food industry, for instance, is going to take care of your needs. And this is, you know, great example. Remember when the 100 calorie packs came out? Yeah. So 100 calorie packs are, hi Greta. Um, uh, 100 calorie packs were made, and it's like the that was going to be nutritionally sound for people, yeah. um, to help people control their portion size and et cetera. The problem with 100 calorie packs is that people eat five of them. Right. And they're not 100 calorie packs of of carrots. They're 100 calorie packs of Chips Ahoy cookies and little really? fig newtons. Yeah. And right. So the 100 calorie packs are, are little bitty miniature sized Oreos yes. or, you know, so right. that's, and so you're still getting 100 calories, 100 calories of junk is 100 calories of junk. Right. So, you know, when people say, oh, I put those snack, you know, 100 calorie snack packs in my kids' lunches for school, and then they get this and they get that and they're, you know, they get the fruit cups and they're packed in sugar and then they get the hundred calorie pack, but it's only hundred calories. Yep. So by the time, you know, I do the math with some parents that are like have, trying to help their kids be healthy, they've sent their kid to school with a lunch that's a thousand calories and, and it's based in sugar right. because they've got a white bread sandwich. There's sugar. They've got the 100 right. calorie pack times two. There's 200. So now we're at like 450, 500 calories just in that. Then we got the fruit cup. And then there's always like a treat, a cookie. So now we're at almost 1,000 calories. And then the children come home tired yeah. because the sugar drains mm -hmm. and the fat. So, you know, just the combination. Now, not all not all lunches look like that. But there's a, there's a reason why 100 calorie packs are supposed to be one package only. And it's about really understanding the control right. of, of size of, of portion and to be mindful of that it's 100 calories. Yeah, which is not to say don't give them an Oreo. Exactly. It's just... But it's one pack, yeah. not five. 
Yeah, and the other game that's played a lot is the whole servings game, where they said that once you once you get into weight loss, hopefully very quickly you get into reading labels because it's it's vitally important. And again, I tried it. I simplified it at the beginning. I mean, I was avoiding sugar, of course, right? But I didn't pay attention to much else except calories, right? And what I learned initially is there were calories that kept me satiated, like I could eat the cal I could eat this and not be hungry for two plus hours. Protein. Right. Right. Yeah, that was my that was my right. goal. Protein, putting protein in right. there. Right. And so I didn't get much into the breakdown of it. For me, it was a calorie game. It was right. $500, 500 calories. $500? $500. Oh, that would be awesome if you could get money 500 for that. calorie <laughs> deficit a day. That was the thing. And then pretty soon, once I get into the routine, it's like, I can do 1,000. Right. I was doing 500. I can do 1,000. Right. And it's just a matter of trade-offs. But this, once you start reading labels, it's a servings game. You look at, this, right. you look at the uh, calories in a serving, and you say, well, that's not too bad, but there are four servings in the package. Well, and, so, and that, so here, okay, so there's so many, so these are choices, and it keeps yeah. to the theme. When you read a label, oh, and it just dawned on me about some other things that I talked about people with their food items this week, is that when you read a label, people look at it and see 80 calories, and then I'll be like, no, 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 times four. Right. So the box or the package has 320 calories of, and then you go down and like, 1% protein, yeah. you know, and then it's like, well, that's 80 calories of this main component. And people don't realize that reading label for less calories is, the, you know, I like how a lot of boxes are now. If you're going to eat out of a box, which I'm not a big fan yeah. of, but nonetheless, is a lot of boxes now will have the per serving size and then the whole box. Yes. Yeah. Calorie size. Yeah. So that's good to be able to look at that. There's this thing has 600 calories in it. And, you know, and then it gives you the opportunity to make the choice because you've been educated. And I think that that's a good way that the industry has gone to help the mental health aspect because when, so there's an upside and a downside <laughs> to calorie counting. I don't ever prescribe calorie counting for people with eating disorders, yeah. but people who are, but people without eating disorders who need to really understand what they're eating need to know what calories mean and where they are and how much they are. It's amazing. You know, it's amazing how when you do a food log with someone and they're trying to lose weight, for instance, you know, they, because we know that people who have anorexia and bulimia are skinny, 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 and so they're on deficit. But when right. you're looking to lose weight, very commonly what people will say is, I, but I hardly eat anything. I don't understand how I'm gaining weight. Yeah. You know, so then when we sit down and I really do a food log out with them, at the end of it, they're sitting at five and six thousand calories, and they're like, "I didn't realize." Yeah, awareness it, is such a huge part and it's, of this, right? It's yeah. not that they're sitting and you know eating, eating, eating. Sometimes they are. Like you have people on Six Hundred Pound Life that you've seen on yeah. that show. That that's you know the extremes, but it's really that when they do sit down to eat, it's the portion size and the actual food content of the calories they're making a choice to have. So an entire an entire box of pasta, a pound of pasta, yeah. which is very easy for someone to eat, plus the sauce, plus whatever's in it. You add bread huh, and salad, yeah. and then what you know, all that stuff. Like you know, you're at, like Olive Garden. I think you're at three thousand calories for the endless bowl of blah de blah, right? Yeah. So that's one meal. And say earlier in the day you had a sandwich, there's another 500 on, on regular bread at least, and then all the other stuff. And then at breakfast, you had a bagel with cream cheese and yep. maybe... Now you're at another seven, 800 calories. Now you're at almost 5,000 calories. Yep. And people don't realize, like, they ate three meals, but they hardly ate. Well, they ate big calories. And that packs on because you can't keep up with, you know, cal the calorie intake has to be less than the you know the output and the intake have to be matching right. to be able to start being deficited and that you're just accumulating over time i can't remember the last three thousand calorie day i had me either but but, but I, when it happens i know it my body oh sure my body's like ah but do you feel and i don't but the thing is i don't feel deprived no and you can't be in that mindset where you feel deprived where you feel like you know right. you're aching to eat this or eat that <coughs> i mean i don't my diet no one would look at that as they'd probably look at it outwardly as be, being crazy and to some extent but i'm just working on a calorie deficit so if, if i eat something i burn it off right and so but it's never never three thousand i got three thousand calories i can't even imagine eating three thousand calories right and you figure the recommended daily allowance under the you know fda and the usda is two thousand calories and for women it's a little less 
and you tell people like, oh, you know, we're going to just do a thousand calorie day. And they look at you like, what? Because you you just do the breakfast alone. I don't and know you, if I you remember start... the last thousand calorie day either. That's, right. That seems a little slim. Well, I'm, ta- well, yeah. I'm talking about yeah. people who are like going to do a jump start to their, like, so if you're going to do like the Marine Corps diet. Yeah. yeah. Marine Corps diet starts you off on, on, a, on a severe deficit of calories, but it's all protein loaded. Yeah. So you're not feeling ever like you're craving it's amazing how that front load works the the thing with protein for people who don't know that (laughs) thing about protein and for people who aren't aware is protein is the last uh thing that is burnt by the body so that the more protein you eat the longer you feel satiated satiated right right so the more protein you eat the better like right at the beginning of the day so when people come in and say well i had a bagel and a muffin and a bowl of cereal. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. well, well, now we're taking all of that out. Yeah, because <laughs> that's that. But it's how about uh, you know steel cut rolled oats with some yogurt and some fruit and a hard boiled egg. Yep. And now and you know because typically the report across the board is I'm starving by ten. Right. Right. Because you had all carbs. Yep. All sugar. Sugar and carbs are burned pretty quickly. All protein quick. isn't. And then you're, right. Yeah. And, and protein, if you eat like th- three eggs in the morning, and if you want like a half an English muffin, by one o'clock or 12 o'clock, you're not going to be really hungry for lunch. But if you eat protein, like a piece of grilled chicken on a salad, right then you're going to make it to dinner without snacking yep. in between because the protein's holding you over so that it allows you to make a good choice so that at three o'clock in the afternoon when most people go through the, uh Yep. slump you're not going to have that because the energy that comes from the protein itself has given you a good choice maker in your brain because keeping that theme is it neurologically sets up your serotonin and your dopamine and your GABA all the things that make you feel good yep. emotionally it also helps you feel good physically and it gives you the ability to not have to go towards Oreos how do you feel about grazing um, well I'm not a big fan of it mm-hmm. because if you're doing so, some plans have you do five five meals a day with little snacks in between. I think that any plan that has to be regimented and you have to really stay on, it ha- it, people are instant gratification, so it has to be easier. So grazing gets you in trouble if the grazing is open-ended right so most people graze open-ended like i only ate a little bit and that goes back to what i was saying about people that say but i don't eat that much right right i don't have full meals right but you had three cheese and crackers there Mm -hmm. and that right there is 210 calories so i'm I'm going through like the crackers in my head that i know and then um and then you had four grapes or you had a little sleeve of grapes which are the highest sugar valued fruit you can have and i'm like that's eat strawberries instead um and then and then you had a piece of toast and then you took a handful of nuts and yet well you graze and the last person i did a graze count on they had 1100 calories extra in their day yeah just off of that one day they were grazing and that's not during a holiday right so here so coming back to holiday new year's and all these things in the next week alone Add in the pandemic and people are sitting around and have the pandemic 20. Sure, yeah. <laughs> right? You're grazing and all the food. You might not, you know, I've heard from tons of people like, I'm not cooking for 20, but I am cooking for 20 because I'm going to still make it and then I'm going to pass out the food. So now people are sitting with three or four people in their house with all that food. Right. And they're going to graze. And yep. so you're adding in all these extra calories. So being mindful that that's there. And that's why I think I told you, and I may have told the listeners as well, that I went to the smorgasbord thing this year, that I was going to do a variety of <laughs> yep. different foods so that it wasn't this big prime rib and this big turkey and this all the fix. I just because it it it's a choice that allows you to have to go and make another choice of do I want the stuffing? <laughs> do I want the potatoes? Instead of you don't have to have them. It's just, I mean, it doesn't have to be there. So it's just about rethinking it to make <clears throat> different choices so you don't set yourself up to fail. Yeah. And you can still make your prime rib, but maybe you don't have to make it as big and you don't have to make it with all the sides. Two biggest concerns that we have usually as people are economics and weight, mm-hmm. right? Those are the two things we focus mm-hmm. on a lot. And yet so few people um, practice logging. And in economics and in weight, you got to log your food because it just makes you more aware of what you're doing. Right. And so you start to feel bad about going over your 
2,000 calories or 2,200 calories or whatever your goal is. Right. Or you start doing the trade-offs, which aren't bad. It's like, okay, well, I can have that tonight. I'm just going to burn 500 calories on the treadmill before I do it. Right. You're just becoming aware of it. It's the same thing with finances. There's a great program out there called Mint, which will aggregate all your bank accounts. And yes. all of a sudden you find out yes. you're spending $150 a month at Dunkin' Donuts. Right. And you're going, right. well, okay, well, I can make coffee before I go. Exactly. It's just becoming aware of it because so much goes out that you just you aren't paying attention to. Well, so so yeah. that's a great example, and that's what I do with clients is is the usually the food thing and the economics thing comes hand in hand with that. Yeah. And when you sit down and you, I just did this with a client last week. He spends a lot of money on alcohol, mm -hmm. and I said if you cut back and you only bought X amount, here's how much you would save. And when he actually looked at it, that was a we couldn't find a motivator for him to really cut back his drinking. Right until he saw the actual number. Sure. And that is just like the thing with food and, and, and weight is once you realize how much is there and how much you could actually have control over saving, right. wow, what a difference it makes. And that's a great motivator for people to see in that context because the, it, they are very similar. Right. And, it's, and, that, and that's a great example. And I have the, it's shocking when you, f you figure out, I've done it more with like Starbucks. I have a client that, we did a, a review of finances because it was emotionally stressful that they didn't have money. And I said, well, let's do a review of yeah. your finances to see. And when we really put everything down, they were spending, I, I want to say it was almost $600 on a good month on extracurricular Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, like uh -huh. all these other yeah. things. And I'm like, look at that. That's the money. And at that time, that was the money that they were looking for, really, that they needed for these other things that they didn't have the money for. Right. And then when they realized that, they were like, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize. Because it's so quick. You know, you have $5, $4, it's quick $10. and it's incremental. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and all of a sudden, you're like, oh, my gosh. So because of what I do for a living and who I am as a person, when I go into the convenience store to get my my daily, you know, waters and all that. I, I, there's always people in there buying the scratch tickets. Now, occasionally I'll buy a scratch ticket here and there. Yeah. I certainly do. But I watch the regulars come in and I it, go right into my head about the, I'm deficiting how much money they're spending on yeah. those to deficit themselves because I'm always in that mode of like calorie counting. <laughs> so I'm like looking at, oh my gosh, they just turned in 10 tickets and they got $100 back and then they just put out 200 to get new tickets. I'm like, for me, and we talked about it on the show, the, the thing that, that thing for me is cigarettes. Yeah. And oh, we talked about it on thing. the show during the early, the COVID rush early, and I'm up in line, waiting in line at a grocery store, and a guy comes out all bundled up, and all he's got is like eight packets of pa uh, cigarettes. cartons of cigarettes. I'm going, A, that's a lot of money. Yeah. B, you just made the trip out during this for that. It's like, wow. You know? And right. it's like, I, I, I know, and we talked about it at the time, don't judge, but... But it's well, it's just, not necessarily that you're judging, but you're putting it in perspective of like that's it's a cho you're watching a choice that someone's yeah. making and you're calculating it in your head of like what choice you wouldn't make, if, you know. <laughs> you know what the thought was for me? That was for me. That's a hundred gallons of propane right there. You know, heating my house. I I turned <laughs> it into heating right. my house, but that's right. my mindset. You know. Right. Well, and and that's kind of like I do the same thing. Like I I like my car, but when people have like a Bentley or a Tesla, yeah. I'm like. They're nice, but even if I had the money, I'm like, I wouldn't spend it on that because that's not where my value is right, yeah. on that. So it's that it's not. And there's a nothing wrong with that, but right? Yeah. It's, it's it's not a judgment. It's more of like I know that my choice wouldn't be that because I would value something different. Spending sixty thousand dollars on a car, it's like, oh, you kidding me? <laughs> even if I had the money, I don't know if it's well. That, so yeah. so, but that's it's like the, so it comes back down to the choices. Yeah. So choices going back to talking about. But people aren't making choices because that's taking responsibility. Right. Right. And well, it, it comes back to choices are hard. Decisions are hard. So so choices are hard, but also it's it's about taking responsibility or not taking responsibility sometimes. But also it comes back to people don't make healthy choices because they don't know. Right. You We assume that people know because it's so ethereal in, in, in its general sense to say make healthy choices. And people rely on the food industry to provide the food choices yeah, and uh, you assume that this is what is there in there. Oh, it says it's a hundred calorie pack. I'm going to pick on that again. So it must be healthy. A hundred calories doesn't mean it's healthy. It's just a hundred calories of something. Mm -hmm. Now 
and now you have to be able to, here's the choice. It's a hard choice. A hundred calories of Oreos. Yummy. Yep. Yummy. A hundred calories of strawberries. They're both hard choices, but which one you're going to pick? What I got to pretty quickly as an Italian was X amount of pasta in front of me or a good sized chicken breast that's cooked and delicious. Right. You know? Right. Cooked, you know, just grilled. Right, you know, exactly. So, so the calories don't get up, but I can have a good meal and a good quantity and feel full. Exactly. Or I can, and trust me, I eat pasta mm-hmm. every once in a while, but most of the time it's, well, you know, it's a choice. I could right. have the pasta or I could have something else. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so, it is, so it's really about, I mean, knowing, knowing. Knowing. Awareness. Knowing. Yeah. Having that, having that, that knowledge base. And so... Um, so going back to just New Year's and Christmas and, and coming through the holidays and getting ramped up is start today. Start now. Um, if you haven't, it's about one day at a time. If And hi, Maria. Thanks for joining this morning. Maria was saying, you know, baby steps yeah. one day at a time, one week at a time. And it really is baby steps. You know, I've talked about this on the show many, many times about really how do you take control. It's not about setting a big goal. It's about just taking today. Yep. And that's how, you know, like you said about how do people in addiction, you know, do it. It's one day at a time, legitimately. And people get very much about that. It's so cliche. But when you actually understand and know and have the knowledge and awareness, it really is about, it's just the choice you have today. You can't do anything about tomorrow. You can't do anything about yesterday. But what are you going to do today? You make a choice about today. And when you don't make that choice, there's nothing else you can do about it after the fact. You just have to go... Yeah. To the next day, but it's it, it. There's lots of components to it, and it's hard work. But it's hard work to get to where if you're in a negative, bad space with your body, your mind, or whatever, it took hard work to get there. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, do you want to spend more time making hard work doing the same thing that's making you unhappy across the board, or do you want to put in the hard work to make yourself less like that? Right. They're both hard. But don't even let that overwhelm you. You get right. to the point. It, a lot of times, how many times have you heard in one form or another? Because I remember at times in my life, I was sitting there and I was saying, I need a win. Mm-hmm. Because you just sit there and you think you're losing, you think you're failing, you think you're losing constantly. I need a win here and there. Well, go out and create a win. Right. And a win can be, geez, just go to the gym. Right. It's like, you know, just go and get, walk in the gym and turn around. And what happens is when you walk in the gym, you, you don't, don't turn, turn around. around, you get on the treadmill. Right. And, and when I get into the gym thing and I'm not going, it's like, I just got to go. I'm just going to go and I'm going to do 10 minutes on a treadmill, 20 minutes. Just going to do it. And right. then, of course, you just do more. But right. it's just getting that threshold and it feels like a win. Right. Well, so, yeah. yeah and, and I think, you know, people, you know, you've said to me before, because oh, I run marathons. I have moments. I was on the treadmill last night and probably TMI here. But I had to go to the bathroom and I was like, I had to pee. And I like ran out. And as I'm in there, I'm like... I don't want to go back. Um, don't want to go back. <laughs> and I was like, don't do that to yourself. Don't do that. It was because I had a really long day yesterday and I was like, oh, this is rough, you know? But I was like, I'm going to suffer in my head knowing I walked out when I don't need to. And as soon as I got back on, I got the, it went right back to it. But it was that momentary break that happens to us all. And it's just about if I hadn't been in the pattern, I probably would have walked out. Right. But I was in the pattern, and I'm like, just go. With the weight loss and the burning, it got to the calorie burning. It got to that point where if I didn't want to go, I would feel worse not going. Right. It's like I put all this work in. I've got the string going. You know, I just felt I felt you bad felt not going. Well, I guilty. My, I don't know. I don't know what it well, was. Usually, the people describe. I was it as, uncomfortable. I felt guilty. I didn't yeah. go. I because you're deficiting yourself, so you feel yeah. guilty that you've done something wrong for yourself. Yeah. You know, like if I miss a day. If I if I truly miss a day, I'll I often will say out loud, Oh, I missed the day. And John will say, He's like, Yeah, but you deserve a day off and I don't like that mindset. So yeah. I'm like, don't do I deserve it's not about deserving, it's about ch- choosing I took today because I took today. Right. And not about I deserve it because that's not a good mindset. Well, for me, I got in the the, the trade off mindset. So if I miss the day, it's like I can't eat today or I can't I can't you know, I can't have that. I can't miss and have that. I gotta. So it's so that I'm gonna help you change. And a lot of listeners will have the same experience. It's not about one or the other. I can't. It's about I made a choice not to do the exercise yeah. today, and I'm not gonna 
likely then eat certain things that I would. It's not that you can't, because you can. Yes. And at the end, you know, people are like, oh, my God, if I didn't burn the thousand calories I'm used to, I can't have that. Yes, you can. Yeah. You just have to be mindful. You know, it's mindful eating. I think that the mindfulness right. movement is is super important here. Choice making is that it's not a can or can't. It's a mindful, like, I'm not going to have maybe the entire pint of ice cream, which I would normally be able to do. Yep. I might just have a scoop. Or I might forego the ice cream tonight because I really want to have the extra thing of pasta. Yeah. Because you're accommodating the choices that you've made in the day, mm-hmm. not deficiting them. Right. So, and that's... Because can't is deprivation, and deprivation doesn't work. And right. And so when you... The choice, the choice works. Making and, a choice works. And, and many shows ago, I talked about the, the whole theory underlying Noom, you know, that weight loss. Yeah. It's all cognitive behavioral shaping of it's not deficit-based. It's about making accommodations around your daily choices. And that's part of that structure is... And that's it, food, money friends, relationships, it, this whole concept going forward in the next year, right, as the calendar turns, is, is making those choices yep. actively and mindfully to be able to really move your health forward. And health overall, the better educated you are, the more you know about how things work, the better your body works, the better your mind works, they work together across the board. So you have all these little pieces of your of your wheel, your, your yep. living wheel, you know, your relationships, your job, your friends, your eating, your sex life, your, you know, religious beliefs, your whatever it is that makes up your puzzle. And all those things have to be working like a good spoke in a wheel so you can make choices. And when you feel like something, you know, the wheel's wobbling, you have to look at that spoke and see where in that spoke is something off. And that's where the choice has to come in and say, oh, I have to move that to this and this to that. Your client wouldn't deprive himself by cutting back on the alcohol, but when he found a reason to do it, which right. was he valued the, the money right. aspect more, made a choice. Right. Which and, would and, I rather have? Right. And and that and that metaphor of like the the wheel was wobbling, and he didn't realize the wheel was wobbling until he actually saw it. Yeah. And then he was like, "Wow, what a difference that will make in my bank account." Yeah. And, right. So big difference. Um, and 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 that goes back to just being able to make choices based on good knowledge. People make choices sort of willy-nilly yeah. because they don't know, yep. and, they, and, they, and they allow for other people to make the choice for them, yeah. so going back to food, right? Food, yeah. food items are, are chosen for people because they assume that people are making good choices for them. And there is something to be said huge for when you go into a grocery store, anything on the internal aisles is probably not going to be good for you. No. And you want to get the outside aisles, the things that are all natural, not in boxes and so on and so forth and cans. And, you know, there's a reason why canned good items are smack in the middle of the grocery store. Because they're the saltiest, the, f- the highest in calorie, the highest in fat, the highest in bad, bad, bad for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a reason why that, that rose. So green there. beans in the produce section and green beans in the can are two vastly different things. Yes. Because green beans in the produce section are just green beans. Right. Read and, the ingredients label on the can. And then you go to the green They're enticing beans. you with salt. They're enticing you with... Well, yeah, and they're yeah. packed in water yeah. and salt and preservatives. And, mm-hmm. I mean, there's got to be a way to keep the natural green... Oh. Speaking of which, that was the other piece I was going to make. So when we're making food choices, um, the other piece that has come up in probably the past 20 years, and I think it's even been before that, but it, because of what I'm doing, I've noticed it more in, in the integrative health part, is that red and yellow dye added into your food products also is a stimulant for certain things and you know certain people have really high sensitivities to red and yellow dye Hmm. and they actually can make you highly agitated Um, they can make you eat more they can make you feel depressed they so there's lots of things that red and yellow dye can do just to non-sensitive people but then sensitive people who Mm -hmm. already have mood related disorders um, or not even the disorder to the extent that it's patho- pathological, but just maybe you, you're kind of like an anxious person or just a down person on occasion, red and yellow dyes in your food really? will possibly and, and likely change your mood liability. So being mindful of that. Now, the industry has gotten really good at changing the name yes. of red and yellow dye because one of the reasons was that this was one of the reasons is that they knew people had this problem. So 
um, they didn't take the food product out, but they changed the names of it. So you'll find food, you'll see it, it's still listed, but it's, it's hidden in different ways that they now describe it. Um, Trader Joe's actually, not that I'm plugging Trader Joe's, typically does not have red and yellow dye in their food because they're sensitive to that fact. <laughs> so um, Whole Foods typically, like their baked goods, typically doesn't have red and yellow dye. And they know when you ask, does this have that in it? They will typically know that it does or doesn't. Whereas you go to a regular bakery and you say, does that cake have red or yellow dye? You know, like you see a carrot yeah. cake and the orange little carrot that has red and yellow dye in it. Yeah. So it's a no-no. So whereas you go to places that are mindful of that um, it, and you won't necessarily have to read the label if you don't know what you're looking for. But if you go to Market Basket, love Market Basket. They're great, yep. great, great product, but they're going to have, you know, like Goya products and all those, they all have red and yellow dye in them and people love them and they're loaded with preservatives, but people love them and they're high yeah. in calorie and they're great, but um, they have that. So that, that um, if you could make simple mindful choices in the next day or two or 10 is that, you know, look for things that have red and yellow dye, take them out because they push your want and they push the limbic system, the area in your brain to want to eat more or certain other things because of that. And then sugar choices on mm -hmm. sugars, white bread. You know, I'm not a big fan of white bread because yep. we know what it does and that's not good for you. And then also um, just being really mindful of, hey, how many calories am I really taking in? And that doesn't mean you have to restrict yourself. It means that if you're taking 5,000 calories in, you're 3,000 calories over for the day. Yeah. And if you're doing it at night, after 8 p.m., this remember it was a big thing back 10, 20 years ago. Like, yeah, where does that after, discussion don't eat land? After 7 yeah. p.m. at yeah. night. So, so my clinical on that is that um, it's not about that you can't eat after 7 p.m. at night. But what was happening, and the reason why one of the reasons why that came up is that people who ate after 7 or who do eat after 7 typically will load heavy calories yeah. right before bedtime and we know what happens when you sleep on heavy calories we know what happens when you sleep on calories in general but when you eat after a certain time if you've only eaten 500 calories up to seven and then you eat 2500 calories after that and then go to bed a couple hours later you haven't had time to break that down in the day so it's really about you can still eat after seven it's that not your whole calorie load at that time so putting an implementation of don't eat after seven was so that make sure that a person gets all their calories in before that. Yeah. And then, cause I, I mean, back in my twenties, I, I did that. It was like, I could not eat after seven o'clock because it gave me structure in my head of how to plan out my day. And it was conducive to my lifestyle then to be able to do that. Now I'm still working at seven. So <laughs> that, that is not in the cards for me at seven o'clock at night when people I was gonna are say, home. What time are you going to bed at that point in your life? Because Seven to midnight oh, is five hours. Oh, I got home last night from work at quarter ten. Yeah. And no, then I, I and then I got a call. Then I got on no, a at call. the point where you're cutting off food at seven o'clock. You oh. going to bed at midnight because that's five hours. Mm -hmm. It's a long time to go without food. Well, in my twenties, I could do that. Yeah. Now I see the refrigerator calling me for other things. <laughs> so I always have good food choices in there, right? But I I don't have that now because I don't do the seven o'clock yeah. thing. I just make sure that my food choices are throughout the day so that when I eat later at night right yeah. with my work's good <laughs> but you know you have to it, it, there's no one I, and this is the other thing there's no one perfect plan for anybody that's why diets no, right. there's you know there's 7,000 diets out there and people well, have tried 6,900 yeah. of them and they've all failed well that's because you have to find the right thing that's for you and it can't be a diet it has to be well, the good concept of a diet is time yeah good the concept of a diet is deprivation and it doesn't work right exactly yeah Exactly. Now, what about, and not that we're getting into weight loss specifically here, but the final piece of this puzzle for me and the one I still struggle with is the whole metabolism game. Yes. Rigging your metabolism. Yes. And I, I know some of the basics, you know, get some water in you in the morning, eat a breakfast so you can get your metabolism going. I know that uh, depriving yourself of food just slows your metabolism. You don't want to do that. Right. In terms of working out, um, breaking down muscle right. so that it's rebuilding, keeps the metabolism elevated for a longer period of time than just burning them directly. So there's two types of exercise involved. Well, right. So so your cardiovascular exercise is going to do something different mm -hmm. in terms of your metabolism. 
versus weightlifting right. and strength training does a little bit different for your metabolism. And they both are working hand in hand if you put them together as your best bet. Yeah. Um, you know, there's lots of people that don't do one or the other, but working them together is your best bet for your metabolism. Um, so standard rule of thumb for, for water is you take your body weight, you split it in half, and that's the amount of ounces you drink in water a day on a clean slate with no medication. You're not mm -hmm. doing anything. You're right. Not. So, so if you're 200 pounds, you do a hundred ounces of water a day. If you're 200 pounds and you're a coffee that's drinker. a lot of water. Yeah, it's a lot of visits to the bathroom, it right? Is. But what it does, but what it does is, you know, it satiates the body, and you, you know, and you do it. That's why I mean, so I have coffee, but I have, but I supplement it in. So if you have a cup of coffee, you're like, oh, but I drink coffee. Well, coffee is a dehydrator because it's a diuretic, right? So it does have water in it, but it's caffeinated. So you're, you're it's a diuretic. You're, it's making you have to go to the bathroom. It's making you right. dehydrated. So you have to add in more. So if you're a 200 pound person who has a natural need for 100 ounces of water and you drink coffee, you're going to need to add in another 8-ounce glass of water or something to right. your day. And now people are like, oh, water's so boring. Water can come in many different forms. Water doesn't have to be glass of water. It can be any bottled water, any sparkling water that has no sugar added and any kind of flavor. It can be Gatorade Zero. It can no no sugar added, not the two hundred right. calories, right? So Gatorade Zero, Powerade Zero. It can be done in watermelon, kiwi, um, regular melon. Um, I mean spinach. There's a variety of ways to get water mm -hmm. from water content of vegetables as well. So people always think it's just straight water, right? And you don't have to do that. Um, it's a combination, but you just have to know how much you need. Uh, but that early water is important yes, from a metabolism right at, standpoint. Right in the morning, yeah. having water cold. out the gate. Yep. And and some people don't like cold water. It's just at this point, whenever I have clients say, I'm like, just drink water. Yeah. I don't care if it's cold, hot. Right. I don't care. Just drink it. Um, and that and having a protein source in the morning. So people get some people don't like eggs. So and people get into the traditional sense of like you can't have any. Well, have a piece of turkey have a piece of chicken they're like but that's not breakfast because you have yep. to you have to rotate the mindset that you know you go to italy what do they eat in the morning meat <laughs> you know so yep. it, it's it's just cultural it's social so you just have to adjust it doesn't no one says you have to have a pancake for breakfast yeah right so of my best dinners were breakfast for dinner oatmeal with a little protein powder right maybe a couple nuts well yeah, yeah. and and yogurt yep yogurt in it and you know being okay so here's my thing on cereals and 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 oatmeal be mindful of your oatmeals because yeah. a lot of a lot of your oatmeal is really packed with sugars yeah. so find oatmeals that have if you want the sugared they make them with agave they make them with um molasses they make them with maple syrup so look, if you want sweeter, look for the all natural forms of that, or the steel cut rolled oats uh, that don't are hand buy, cut. Don't buy flavored oatmeal. Uh, yeah, is, but, is the first rule. Well, people do. Yeah. And so I I always accommodate for what people have currently to stay close to their needs, so that they don't feel like they're being deprived. So if you've got the the Quaker oats, uh, apple and cinnamon and spice, and Right, yeah, it's great. Yeah. I've had that since I was a kid, but I know that's one of the big famous ones, right? So, so cut up an apple, make your oatmeal, and put a little maple syrup on it. It's the same thing. Here's the thing that I get though, but that's so much work, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Well, it, they're both hard choices because you're making a choice to have one that's going to be not as great for your health. That's a hard choice, yep, and or you're making the hard choice to actually take the extra minute to cut up an apple. Or the night before, and pour a little bit of whatever on yep. what you want. So they're both hard choices. Just one's better for you, and one's not. And blueberry, so, blueberries are easy. Just throw them in. Right, blueberries, you know, raspberries, yeah. strawberries. Um, you know, grapes. I'm not a big fan of grapes because yeah, they're so like high grapes. in sugar. Yeah. Well, because people because people think they're healthy because they're a fruit. They'll eat the whole thing. Right. So if you're gonna have grapes, don't eat the whole thing. Eat a few, and that doesn't mean the whole stem. Because <laughs> they're really good. They are good for you, but they're, yeah. you know, there's a reason why wine's good for people. But we don't sit down and have four bottles of wine. Right? Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> At one sitting. Right. Right. No, yeah, exactly. You know. So, so there, grapes are great for you, but you can't eat all, it's a lot of sugar. Yeah. Which is 
why, you know, why wine, if people are wine drinkers, they put on weight, you know? Yep. So it's, it's one of those things. So it's really about really knowing your food, you know, knowing your choices. And this is, you know, if your finances are having a problem, like your weight is having a problem, it's know your finances. Yeah. If your weight's having a problem, know your food, know your exercise or what you don't do or what you don't know. You know, if it's your relationship is having a problem, it's not about like, you know, same thing. It's not about going, I'm going to fix this in 2021. You know, it's about, no, you're going to do the same thing. You're going to take an inventory of it. And where can you make more mindful decisions to do something different? So you can take everything that I talked about today and apply it to anywhere yeah. in your life. Because it's about 365 new days of 365 new choices. The weight loss thing for me was so important because what it did is it gave me the framework and the discipline to do other things. So, right. And discipline, I, don't, I hesitate to use the word discipline because that sounds like deprivation and it sounds daunting. But it gave it gave you a control. Plan. It gave me it gave the you control. structure. It yeah. gave you the ability to feel like, oh, I have empowerment here. Right, exactly. When you when you make these choices, I did this and this worked. So maybe right. I can try this here. When you make mindful choices, you feel empowered. Mm -hmm. When you feel empowered, you feel like you have accomplished something. When you feel accomplished, your whole body and your mind work better together, and you have a better um, production outward mm -hmm. in life. Yep, across the board. This is how it works. So when people have that sense. Of accomplishment, people often take it for granted that it just happens. Here's that conversation. It just happened, but it didn't. This is the process that happened. Right. You just didn't stay aware of it. So if you want to produce it for yourself again and again and again, you have to be aware of it to be able to produce it. So when you said earlier, make you got to make it happen. How do you make it happen? It's being mindful, educating. Mindfulness, for people that don't know what mindful is, it's awareness. Being mm -hmm. super aware of the pieces that go into each item that you're working on. Food, calories, protein. You have to know, your, you have to know what you don't know. Right. And there's lots of things that you don't know, and that's ha more than half the battle is, is knowing. I think everyone from a financial standpoint would, if you went into your awareness, if you knew what you were spending, there's so much spillage. Mm -hmm. it's the same way with diet it's the same way with almost every problem in your life there's so much spillage there's so much stuff going on that would be easy to correct or curb or improve right and you would get tangible results from it and we know how the negative works how you work yourself into a deep rut right positive effects snowball too you gain right. momentum from positive effects you go you don't lose 20 pounds you go lose that first pound and right. then you go, and wow, yeah, I'm going to go. And then you get excited and you start doing more. And and I think that that's one of the one of the things that I hear a lot is, you know, when I send someone off to do a ch you know a little change, I often get back the week later or two weeks later, like I tried it, it didn't work. Yeah. And then it's well, and I, I already know. I'm like, yeah. Really? You tried it? Like how many times? Yeah. <laughs> well, I tried it once and it didn't work. Right. Well, you got to where you are because you tried getting to where you were 7,000 times and that's why you're there is because you practice that pattern. Right. So in order, and, and I'm, you know me, I'm very pointed and I'm like, if you want that to work, you can't complain about the fact that after trying one time it didn't work because you know that intellectually that's not how it works. You have to do it more than once. And I'm not going to give you another technique that you're going to come back and say it doesn't work. Right. And you're not willing at this juncture to do the work right you have to be willing to do the work and you know typically as clinical psychologists as people that come we typically are giving techniques that actually we we not typically we know work yeah and sometimes they don't work on everyone which is why i have a toolbox but i'm not going to give you my whole toolbox if every single time you're saying, well, it didn't work. Well, because it people didn't, always conveniently forget that the problem that you're dealing with, with them, is years in the making. Right. And they think that... They want the quick fix. A week or two weeks of new technique is going to fix that. Right. And that's not the way it works. Right, exactly. But when yeah. you're working it, I just had a client say to me yesterday that's been with me since the beginning of the year, say to me, sometimes I think I'm not making any progress. And then a family member will say, oh yeah. my gosh, you just, you've changed so much. Yep. And they were say, they were reflecting back to me yesterday, actually, and thank, thanking me for some changes that they made this year. But they hadn't noticed it until a family member said, "No, you've changed huge." Blah 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 blah. Yeah. You know, when they're in the moment, they're not being aware that, you know, because when they come in, they're still talking about the same issues over and over and over again. 
but didn't realize that, yeah, it's the same issue because we're still working on the issue, but you've changed how you're dealing with it right. and you didn't realize how much you've changed it. And these gains are very small. So yes. it's not like it's, you can get to it, you can make great gains before you become aware of it yourself. Right. Yeah. Right. Or you don't, there's not a turning point. We're taught by TV, we're taught by movies that you go in and you see the, the therapist, and then it, you walk out with an epiphany. Right. And exactly. all of a sudden your life is totally different. It's not the way it works. No, no. Yeah. Occasionally there's a, an aha moment. Yeah, I, sure. I usually tell people that it comes four years in. Because <laughs> that's usually when I see it. It's like, you know, you've got a couple years under your belt of therapy and all of a sudden the person will say, aha. Yeah. And then they have it and you're like, I've been telling you that for four years. Yeah. but right? But people have to hear things in a way that they can use them. Right. The whole, and they have to be ready to hear them to make those choices to actually hear them. The whole mindfulness thing, it's told to you in a million different ways. Yes. And you're, often you're not in a position to hear it and use it. And then right. for me, it was a certain thing. It's stupid. It was the audiobook of The Secret. And I it was like, it's, a, it's the same thing that you've been told. It's the same thing that you've read about that you've tried to practice. But somehow this gave it to you in a way that was useful to you. Right. And you were, and you also, and, and I, I think you were ready at that time. Yeah. And that's what usually it's, you know, going back to the, All the, tumblers click. the addiction example is that yeah. how do people stay in sobriety is because they're ready at that time. People that don't stay in sobriety is because they're not ready. They well, have how many, they what's the average amount of attempts oh. for recovery? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Everything's got to be everybody. Everything's got to be lined up. You got to be right. ready for it. Right. And, and well, and and so it probably astonished a lot of people that I have I have people that have relapsed forty, fifty sure. times, yeah. and that's light, and you know even more. But just you know even recently, just relapse after relapse. I mean, I do the people. shows. You hear people who OD'd. Yep. multiple times and it's like well what's it going to take right you know because right. to us and to our mindset an od would be devastating would be like running into a brick wall right. we would we would that would get our attention right but uh, of course we don't have the mindset of an addict we're not dealing with addiction which is right it's a, a different, whole different right. thing exactly and, and you know and, and that's a question i always get and you know obviously off a different topic but it's it's mindset again and choices it's like the the question is like from a family member when is my son or when is my daughter when is my husband or what when are they going to hit their bottom and i love to i always say i'd love to be able to tell you that yep <laughs> because for some people it's a quick brick wall of like oh my god and scares them and that's it and it's over and sometimes it's 50 brick walls and it still doesn't change and i don't know because yeah. it's the pain has to be great enough and this is with this is with weight finances really yeah. the pain emotionally has to be great enough for that person to make the change to make the choice to change it's it's your pain and my pain we might see it and go oh my god that's so much pain i would but for okay. someone else it's not painful enough and the only way change happens across the board 100 percent, change happens when it's painful enough to that person that it's causing them too much dysfunction that they make the change and my meme golf tip around that that's my favorite is when the fear of staying the same is greater than the fear of changing, changing. that's right. when the exactly. magic happens right yes yep. exactly so i was I, I keep putting my glasses on for everyone today because i'm blind as a bat for distance <laughs> i mean for um small and distant I, i'm good on distance but not up close and it's small and i gotta remember to move that monitor closer to you <laughs> and because lou has <laughs> the monitor so far away from me yeah. this old person <laughs> I'm actually not. Well, that studio has multiple sets a day. I don't know if you understand this. <laughs> I, I do, but I got to pull I it closer I do understand that I'm not the only one. Thank you. <laughs> I do. Um, I'm not that vain. Yeah. Um, but, yes, yeah, so for people that were watching and have never seen me put my glasses on, I can't see the yeah. screen. So don't hand responsibility for your gains to the calendar. It's just Yes. So don't hold That's That's right. not where the power is. That You right. have the power. Make right. the change daily, now. Daily, daily, daily. Yeah. And, and I understand the calendar change. But instead of it looking at it this year like it's a new year, which I keep hearing, like, oh, 2021 is going to be so much better. I'm like, yeah. uh, you're setting yourself up to fail. It's like, well, it's just 2021. It's just, it's just a year. It's only going to be better if you make it that way. Right. 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 Just like, just like why wait till next Friday to make it better when you have a whole week in between to make today great. Right. Right. You can get two trips to the gym in between now and next Friday. <laughs> two. Yeah. That's it. 
Oh, hey, look, not all of us are running marathons. Oh, you are. Oh, <laughs> it comes full circle, slammed yeah. right on me. Um, well, so I'm glad that you got a good therapy session in today. <laughs> no, we didn't talk about my problems. <laughs> oh, they're all in there underneath the whole thing. So. Yeah, that's true. So, um, so my tip of the day from now to next week, too, is um, for people to feel good, even though it's changed and we have the pandemic, go out and do something for somebody. Pay it forward. I'm big on pay for someone's coffee in the Dunkin' Donuts line. Uh, grab someone's, you Love know, yeah. four, four items in the short line at the grocery store. Um, you know, do something nice without expectation and then just say, when they thank you, say, just pay it forward. Yep. You know, I think that's, I mean, we should do that all the time, but I think this is a great time of year to do that. And it, it gives you a sense of rejuvenation. It makes you really feel good and you're doing something good for someone else so between now and next week do that a lot everybody all right, all right. and so and we'll check in next week and we'll check in next week for everybody and thank you for all the listeners today and all the comments and hi 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 to everyone hi Artie. and now i'm getting off the air but it, thank you for joining so for anyone that missed this podcast please go back and listen to the beginning and all of our antics that we always do at the beginning because i was glowing yes you were <laughs> from high and I was negative. Um, but uh, you guys have a great Christmas and I will see you one more time before the new year. <laughs>